everybody welcome to the notes my goats podcast as always i am brandon and i'm steve and welcome to the podcast guys today is a really fun day as you probably heard before my stupid face started talking you heard a sweet intro now you probably wonder who this guy is who put it together for... talked about him before we have talked about him before because he also did the theme for Another uh, another podcast of our a friend of our friends of ours, uh, yep. good versus evil. So, guys, we want to welcome in and bring in the man behind the theme song. He's an artist himself. Guys, please welcome to the show Jer Driesinga. What's, What's up, boys? How hey, you doing, hey, man? Again, thanks for having me. This is the official one. The this recorded is the one. official. Yes, yeah. the official recorded. Yes, you're you're Woo! actually saying hi to us for like real Z's now. Right. That's you right. Know, that's right. We're getting it taken care of here. Jer does all kinds of fun stuff. You're you're doing photography. You're doing music. You're doing podcasts. You're doing. You're kind of a jack of all trades, man. Like when it comes to art stuff, for sure. Either I lack focus or I'm multi talented. I don't know which. Uh, but yeah, Depends I like to say right. I like to try everything. I, I'm sure you guys are hyper creative people as well and can kind of relate to just seeing your friends do something cool. And then you're like, oh, I want to try a little bit of that myself. So yeah, that's kind of what, fault. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's where I'm at. So I'm just kind of trying everything right now. And I, honestly, though, with um, a lot of that's come with, you know, just everything being shut down, not being able to do live music, which is kind of normally what I'd, I'd be doing a lot of and kind of focusing a majority of my time on. And and so I've had just a little extra time to be creative. So I'm just kind of trying a little everything doing, you know, yeah. and so doing this here with you is, is a pleasure. So I appreciate it. Yeah. So we reached out about, about the theme song and you were just like, yeah. And you were like, hey, I like your podcast. And so you're we like, well, we were like, hope you like it so much. You got to be on it. So then yeah. we said, we said, okay, you want to be on it? You were totally down. You sent us a couple of albums to check out. And we said, we want to do this one. So what album are we doing today, Jer? We're going to do Blood, Sugar, Sex, Magic by Red Hot Chili Peppers. All right. Yeah, man. Yeah. This, so yeah. this was an interesting one. Yeah. So before I get into my spiel about the, the, the history of this one, because there's a lot of history on this album, actually. What, why, why did you give us this one? What was, what was this kind of reasoning behind this? Um, you know, when you're asking, uh, for an album, that means a lot to somebody or a favorite album. That's always tough for me. Cause you know, especially cause music's so important to me that there's just so many things I am really passionate about. So, uh, I, I try to always answer that kind of a question with the albums that I find myself coming back to the most, maybe not even the album that I know the most about, you know, the background of it or whatever, but it's just the album that I find, you know, driving, I want to put this record on and just groove to it. And, and, uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic is that record, and it's got a lot of notable tracks on it as well. But uh, regardless of that, it's just a, a, it's just a fun experience. Just a vibe. There's 17 tracks on it. It's just cool. It's I think it's a timeless record. You know, I think you could get down to this, you know, in 20 years from now. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, there's there's a lot to go on this one. We'll we'll get into all that a little bit here. But yeah, there's this one is uh, I would say it coming out in in '91 when it did is even like a weird time for it because. There's yeah. a lot of stuff on there you would hear nowadays that would sound similar to what we're hearing now, sure. you know, mm-hmm. 30 years later. 
So it's this one being 30, released 30 years ago, and it's still holding up. Yeah. I mean, they did something right. A little bit about, I'll go into my thing here, a little bit about Red Hot Chili Peppers. They formed in 1983. Anthony Kiedis and Flea have been in the band since day one. They've, they've kind of been the mainstays. They're classified as funk rock and alternative rock. They have 11 studio albums. They've sold how many records? How many records, Brandon? How many think worldwide total? How many records? How many albums did you say? 11. Some of them were duds. 35. 80. 80 mil. Okay. That was way off. 80 million. The Red Hot Chili Peppers are actually the, one of the best-selling bands of all time. They're the most successful band in the history of alternative rock. They have the record, the world record for the number one singles. They have 13 number one singles in alternative rock. They have the most wow. cumulative leaks at number one at, on the Billboard charts at 85 in alternative yeah. rock. The most top 10 singles at 25 on the Billboard Alternative Songs chart. So they've, they've got a bunch of world records. They've been around forever. They've won six Grammy Awards. And in 2012, were inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So they've, they've, they've reached the mountaintop. Yes. Yeah, and that was, that was nine years ago, and they're still making music. <sighs> so the band consists of currently how it is. It's Anthony Kiedis, uh, Grand Rapids person-ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, Flea, not a Grand Rapids person. I kind of wish he was, though. Um, Chad Smith, who is Will, Will Ferrell's doppelganger, looks just like him. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. They are the same person, I'm pretty sure. And then John Frusciante, who has been in and out of this band more times than he's been in the band, I think. He leaves. <laughs> he, like, has creative differences, and then he takes off for a while. And then he's like, well, yeah. I want to do what you're doing again, so I'm going to come back. And then, nope, you're too important. I'm going to leave again. So for a while there, they had Dave Navarro was a guitar player, but he turned out to be a, a royal tool. Who could have called that one coming? <laughs> And they kicked him out of the band and brought Frusciante back in. And then he left again to do his own solo stuff. And then it, it's, it's an open door for the guitar player for this yeah. band. Um, so they've had various members. They kicked a couple out. Uh, the, the first guitar player actually OD'd. The band has carried, I would say, in the first 20 years, the band carried a very hard partying, drug, sex, rock and roll vibe. Um, Anthony Kiedis, until he got clean, was just living life to the fullest every single day. And so one of the reasons that John Frusciante left one of the times because the drug use he got had got really out of control. Um, Blood Sugar Sex Magic, again, released in September of 1991. This is their uh, fourth album, I believe, third or fourth. Again, 17 tracks, 74 minutes long. It is a long one. Um, It sold over 13 million copies. One of the cool things I heard about this one is they recorded this at a, at a record studio called The Mansion in L.A. And it basically is a big-ass mansion. They stayed there for 30 days. They actually recorded a documentary while doing it. Flea's brother-in-law recorded it. Oh, nice. And uh, Chad Smith refused to stay at The Mansion, though, because he told him it was haunted. So he said, right. I ain't doing it. I'm not staying. So every day he would ride his Harley from where he was staying in L.A. to The Mansion and record. And Anthony Kiedis refused to leave his bedroom for most of this time. <laughs> he recorded all of his vocals in his bedroom of this place. They made a little record, a little recording studio in his bedroom, and he refused to leave. That's where he recorded all the vocals for this thing. Interesting. It was re-released via iTunes in 2006, because why not? It's 15 years at that point. Uh, and then at that re-release actually included two Jimi Hendrix covers, which are awesome. Uh, if you haven't, if you didn't check those ones out, they're really good. They're towards the back end of this one. Um, it reached number three on Billboard's top 200. So that's one. It's a, a 
a chart we, re we referenced quite a bit, but number three, so that's record sales, it hit number three. And then it was listed as the number 310th in the top 500 records of all time by Rolling Stone. And it was 19th in the top 100 albums of the 90s. And that's all genre by Rolling Stone again. So okay. top 20 released in 91 and still hit top 20 of all genres in the 90s. You're thinking like the heyday of gangster rap and everything else kind of coming through in the 90s that came through. Plus boy bands. Right. Brandon, come on now. Yeah, heck yeah. Um, that's my jam. So <laughs> I know he's if you if you listen to any of the podcasts, Jerry, he, he is our boy band aficionado over there. Um, <laughs> got everybody's got to have one. Give me some, fro give me some frosted ever. tips, Jay's uh, J JT any day. Yeah, I'm just kidding. I, you just I, want I, some no, more I... hair. <laughs> what? You want more hair? I do just want more hair. That's the true. ramen noodle. Yeah, the, yeah, just the, the ramen noodle. <laughs> That's funny. You take it, I'm sure. Yeah. So. <laughs> Brandon, we're gonna go to you here. Sure. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yep. Uh, what What is your experience or background of Red Hot Chili Peppers? Um, I had some. It, you know, it's one of those things where you know, growing up, you're kind of like, oh, there's a guy in this band who's from Michigan. That's pretty sweet, because you know, you think you know somebody because, or that you think you're even just a little bit famous because somebody's from your same general region. Yep. So um, that was kind of how I was introduced. And I've listened here and there to songs. But as far as album goes, again, this is one that was my first real top to bottom dive into. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, I'll go into it in my final thoughts. But, yeah, no, this was a good this was a good album to to kind of get into as a, as a first one to kind of, yeah, get my teeth into. So. You have, a weird, you have a weird expression on your face, Steve. <laughs> I always do. It's kind of one of those happens. Yeah, it's I was I actually surprised. Wouldn't... So I left the door open for it, and you didn't even take it. I was I hoping. Didn't take you it. might not even know, though. I was hoping you would be like, well, they fill the tube sock out well, because there's a there's a pretty famous photo of them all wearing tube socks. Oh, for I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know that. Yeah, that's how they oh. used to play live. They would definitely hit yeah. the stage. Only, only a tube sack, you know. Oh, that's hilarious. Well placed. Yeah, that's kind of yes. one of the outrageous antics. I mean, their live antics are, are next level, and they're not kind of known for that. And also pranking the other bands they'd be on tour with, all this good stuff. So they're known oh. as a good time band, and that's a lot of what attracts me to a band, a band that doesn't take themselves too seriously yeah. and just really wants to have fun with it, you know. Right. And I think 90% of that's Flea, because that dude's crazy. I mean, uh, yeah, he, he's, Flea he's, is a, a, he's the X Factor, ain't he? That guy's something else. <laughs> He's the wild card of the group for sure. Pops up in movies well, every now and then too. Uh, yeah, every so often yeah. you never know what he. Big he Lebowski, I think he's in. Yeah, he just popped yeah. up like he yeah. was in um. Uh, Son-in-law or no, no, no. Uh, he he's in a Polly Shore movie. He was in Back to the Future, wasn't he? That could be. That could be. That could be. Back to the Future Two. He was he's one like... of the guys in the future, <laughs> like with Biff, like riding this this hoverboards, whatever. He but he looked okay. like he was from the future because he was flea and he looked weird as hell. Um, in the 80s, <laughs> yeah. it was Flea, so everybody was like, ah, Flea! Right. You just know who that guy is, but um, my my biggest thing, kind of the same as you guys, like, I knew Kiedis was from the Grand Rapids area. I liked them. I kind of went more with Maynard with Tool, is kind of where I went, like, on that side. I was just like, well, we got mm -hmm. Maynard Keenan, and we got Anthony Kiedis, they're both from Grand Rapids. I'm going to go to Tool. That's kind of where I went. Uh, different, Completely different band. 
but yeah. um, not not so much fun loving. Um, sure. Yeah, it took me a little while longer to get to Tool than, than Chili Peppers. I think the Chili Peppers were a little more appealing to my young, fun sensibilities, you know, and then as oh, yeah. as, it's, as uh, time crushed me down, you know, oh, good choice of drink there. I see we're both cherry yeah. seeing it up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure everyone wants to hear that, but. Uh, no, that's okay. It, it brings everybody in. It's an experience. That's yeah. right. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely, I dig Tool now, but Chili Peppers, yeah, they got me from a young age. And I obviously, I mean, I, I was born in 88. So, I mean, this record came out in 91. And I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy to think. I don't know if people really think of Chili Peppers as like an 80s band per se. I mean, and of course, mm-hmm. like we're, this is kind of like really when they cemented their place, I think, yeah. in, you know, uh, in the zeitgeist and all. But, you know, they're really, if you think about it, they're kind of like contemporaries of like, freaking Guns N' Roses and, you know, uh, you know, Metallica. And, and mm-hmm. I don't, I think people don't really Those crazy hair bands and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So like you were saying, they were kind of odd, so odd and out of place that it's really impre- impressive that they were able to break through with that kind of a sound at that time. It's just so different. And, and the vibe like you're like tool, I mean, would have is a more fitting vibe for that, that time, you know, mm-hmm. uh, based on the, you know, what was more grunge popular and alternative and, rock. Yep. Yeah. Grunge, obviously, clearly. Uh, I'm beating around the bush like I no, no one knows fine. what I'm talking about. <laughs> there was grunge in the 90s. Hello. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so it's crazy what they did. And, and this record's super fun and a lot of swagger and it's just sexy and like silly. And mm-hmm. okay, I guess occasionally Nirvana would be silly, but not sexy, really. You know, no, no, they weren't. Yeah. I mean, they weren't trying to do anything and they they were still super serious. <laughs> like Kurt wasn't he was right. sometimes jokey, but it was like it was like it was like. Oh, you had to be inside joke to kind of figure out what he was saying. Like, Red Hot Chili Peppers were like out there in full force. Like, you right. won't play a show naked. Yes, we will. And, like, and, watch at the, us. and at the same time, I think like on this record, for example, uh, specifically, you know, uh, with Frusciante's uh, more melodic guitar playing being really emphasized and, and then throwing these the few little ballads on here, Breaking the Girl is obviously just super epic, like the Zeppelin-esque. <laughs> Thing, you know just a, that's a piece you know and it shows that they do have the capacity to go that deep into into evoke some real deep emotion and uh yeah. feelings and so that's that's what really draws me to a band is just that that kind of range and that kind of just willing to do that because i think a lot of people go like what kind of band are we and then be that kind of band you know and i think chili peppers have shown through the years leading up to this record and and up to now uh since this record that mm-hmm. you know they they know no bounds as far as what they're willing yeah. to give a shot you know this record's a little bit alternative rock like we were saying it's a little bit grunge probably it's a little bit funk it's a little bit you know all these different yeah. things and th- i love that mm-hmm. that's that's such an appeal to me yeah they they definitely have broken some barriers with this one and they they kind of helped i think they helped other bands with that like um new metal almost type side of the, with the rap rock kind of that he just brought in just mm-hmm. to like something you just didn't see you didn't hear it it's he kind of brought he kind of bridged some gaps with oh, different sure. things so so getting into the album itself, because we could talk all day long about, I mean, all their different jumps back sure. and forth and all the albums they've done. Um, this one specifically, uh, we'll go we'll go with Jared first. What was your favorite track? I know it's it's hard to pick a favorite one, but what was your favorite? Um, honestly, uh, I think this this almost I feel almost silly saying this one, but it's just such a fun time. But Sir Psycho Sexy is uh, so dope. Yeah, uh, that might be the one. Uh, that was a good one. He's a freak of nature. Yeah, just so good. And like the lyrics are just ridiculous. It takes you on this little adventure. 
there's just some epic lyrics about devils in his dick and demons in his semen and just some <laughs> you know that, it, blew, it's, that, yeah. that that blew my that blew my christian background mind yes like, yes Whoa. 100 like, what hearing, is this yeah i think that's the, the kid in me still like yeah. that one that one i just can't not love it, it it's right. so silly and and uh it's yeah. just a good time uh, it's a, as a band having a good time and it makes you have a good time and and, and all that's uh the type of thing i'm i'm always on board for for sure that that was a fun one i was it was one of the ones on the, on the top of my like echelon of covers mm-hmm. uh brand you want to go next or me go next i'll go next so my favorite track Clearly, it's one of the the main, I guess you would say, singles. One of the singles of this track, it was Give It Away. Um, And mainly because this was the one that I probably knew the most growing up. Um, Just, you know, it's you hear this song and you're like, oh, yeah, this is definitely a Chili Peppers track. And you you know it, whether you know the Chili Peppers or not. You've heard somebody say, oh, this is the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And then it is what it is. But and it's just music musically the lyrics are so tight like they're just the way that he articulates everything coming out and it just it was constructed really really well too so i mm-hmm. that's a little bit deeper as to why i like that one so add on to that one if, if you don't mind that that yeah, bass gro- that bass groove i'm a bass bass is kind of my home instrument um yeah. in my in my band brother adam's cheap plug and uh yeah. don't worry but, about it. yeah you plug all you want man <laughs> yeah but anyway that that bass groove man really appeals to me it's just so sexy like i was saying i'm gonna say sexy so many times i mean the record's no, called good. blood sugar sex magic and I, I i don't know if they just were like what are all the words that describe this record and just like plastered them together i don't know if that's what that name came from or i'm not sure what exactly where that Came, that's, what it, that's what it might as well be though and but yeah. kind of what i'm what kind of what i'm what, was, what i was going to get at though is that that bass groove it's it's flea you know in this record he really uh he took the opportunity to kind of sit back and be a little bit more like modest in his playing you know he he was he, I, I forget who it was somebody around this time I, I had heard kind of told him that there was like this white guy macho thing of taking like funk uh you know uh, style bass playing and mm-hmm. you know being super macho and over you know overzealous with it and kind of just putting it in people's face instead of just being like modest and in the song and doing what fit you know the moment and and the groove you know and and instead mm-hmm. of just showing off and I think and that really rubbed off on him and on this record and there was there's a moment in that uh, Funky Monks documentary I believe it was what it's called the one that's based on this uh, mm-hmm. the making of this record with Rick. Rick's kind of like taught, walking him through kind of what he thinks he should do. They really like let Rick have some say and they really trusted him with this one. They were super stoked to work with him as opposed to, you know, with when they were really going through their drug problems, they were having trouble like locking down producers they were stoked to work with. So this was like a cool moment. I and mean, this is like really when Chili Peppers becomes Chili Peppers for, for me, you know. Uh, so, yeah, Rick was like, you know, kind of instructing him on that that main that main lick in the in the verse to just kind of lay back in the fills like one or two notes he's telling them you know in that documentary mm-hmm. and flea's really taking that to heart they lay it down and honestly they didn't think much about e- these takes though like they did and they didn't but the, the thing is they wanted to be really raw they really captured like from what i heard it was all like live one to two takes very little dubbing you know they just wanted to really capture the moment they put a lot of thought into what they were going to do before they laid it down yeah so not to say that this wasn't you know a thought out record because that's clearly not the case like this is there's depth, there's it's there's hills and valleys throughout this whole thing, but 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go off and off and off and off and off and on. Oh, but, dude, don't uh, worry about it. Go for it. <laughs> no, you're good, man. But, uh, but yeah, I just think, like, like I was saying, Flea really kind of became himself and it, it, the, the modern version of his playing, you know, really kind of like became, you know, became catalyzed on this record. And I think that's really cool. And that's that main riff, that main bass riff on uh, mm-hmm. Give It Away is, is a prime example of Flea becoming what we know of fleet today and why i think that you know they're so they continue to be relevant is being able to adapt like that right for sure yeah so steve so, what was your favorite track i went with one of the other big singles and it's the reason that i went with under the bridge and under the bridge for me is is the chili pepper song so the chili peppers have a way of grinding on me because they're they were so late 90s early 2000s with california and everything else coming out they were so overplayed yes. they were just thrown down your throats and with this one me under the bridge and give it away were played pretty hard they had the competition to get them on the radio they were hard they were hard to get on the radio in the early 90s um like they had to basically beg borrow and steal to get these things played but the californication when i was kind of growing up i'm only a couple of years older than you uh, Jer and brandon it was it was shoved right down your throats like look at these guys ah they're they're banned and mtv yeah. but they were also in that trl thing too where they were trying to sell records and that's how you did it you just you hoard yourself out constantly on mtv and they're they're real good at it but they had fun with it you could tell but even now those are the songs that get played a lot they don't you don't hear give it away or under the bridge as often when right. those ones come up on my spotify i will actually listen to them when california occasion comes on my spotify i tend to skip it every single time because it's just a, it grinds on me but under the bridge i loved it because the song is mellow enough that you don't have any one person in the band overpowering it anthony key just stepped back a little bit with the the rapping and the hard the hard charging vocals to get more melodic and more singing um the band didn't overpower him he it was they've worked so well together and it was like a perfect balance of the band and the lead singer feeding off each other just to produce an, an epic song that can be, you're not, it's, it's not going to turn you away. It's not going to turn, it's, it's going to rope in as many people as possible with that one. That's kind of like their, I think their like biggest radio success up until Californication came out because sure. it's wide ranging in how it affects people of different, you know, backgrounds. You can kind of mm-hmm. rope everybody in with that one. So I, I went with it. It was one of my favorites. Um, if I can piggyback on that one. Go um, right ahead. Another thing that I think really is like signature chili peppers for me uh, that really has a lot to do with, I think, for Shante again, I think uh, him and Flea do some great like backup vocals on that song mm-hmm. and then, and also a bunch of other songs, great like falsetto mm-hmm. backup vocals mm-hmm. and the yeah. combination of them there. It's like it's like not good, but it's like good. Great. Like, I don't know what it is, you know, it's, it's not good, but it, it blends it, somehow, well, though. Some, somehow it's great. Like, I don't know. Yeah. There's, there's something about it that just works. I, I love, uh, I love for Shante, uh, his, his backup, uh, vocals and, and him coming in combination with Flea on that track and that chorus. It's just heavenly. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I think that something about that, that chorus, I think like you're saying, there's just some kind of broad appeal to that. And it, it has a, an emotional tug for a lot of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we want to go least or we want to go uh, deep cuts? I don't care. All right, let's go least. Brandon, you go first. My least, uh, I picked, I could have lied. Now, the only reason why I wasn't the biggest fan of this one was because up until this point in 
the album, everything was pretty much what we've been talking about. Kind of that funky, kind of that alternative rock stuff. All of a sudden it hits you with this four minute or however long this track is just slow in my opinion. And it's just, I'm like, really? Uh, I just, I was just, you know, you're, you're kind of vibing. You're kind of just grooving with the thing. All of a sudden you're just like put on the brakes. That was just it for me. So it just, it just oh, wasn't, yeah. it just didn't fit that vibe for me of what, but then again, Jer, like you mentioned, this one really was had ebbs and flows and highs and lows. Sure. So maybe yeah. this was just part of that low, but maybe it was a high for people. For me, it was just a low. I don't know. I agree. It's a little bit of a forgettable one, perhaps. And it's a little bit of a sleeper for sure. So in the middle of the record, yeah, it can kind of be a nap. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I still think it's a beautiful track, uh, but I can totally see what you're saying with that one. Now, before I let Jared go on his least favorite, because I'm not sure if he's going to have one because he's got backgrounds on all of these, but he might have one. I'm going to give him mine. And I, I think he might be able to explain this one to me a little better because I had no idea what the hell was going on. The very last track, on the actual album, they're red hot. Oh yeah. How the hell is going on that damn thing, dude? That is like it is the weirdest track on this album, and that says a lot. Oh like, yeah. It is so counter to everything you hear, and to end the album with that, I was just like, I listened, I listened to that out that track three times, and every time I was like, what the hell is going yeah. on here? Like, there's just it's such. Ew. I was like, I don't know what. I, that one it was, I just, it, was day, one. it was day 28 in the mansion they were all getting stir crazy getting their devil dicks going or whatever <laughs> it was going on except <laughs> like, for chad uh, smith because he was not there he was yeah. that's right because he's afraid of ghosts was, or whatever he's afraid of ghosts but i i was just i don't know what the hell was going on there i was just like why would you end it with this one like that was mm. um but also <laughs> it could be just because they're odd and there just was an odd track yeah, I, I I think they recorded that one outside of the mansion, if I'm not mistaken. At least I saw some video, some footage, mm-hmm. I think, at Funky Monks of them laying that one down uh, outside in the yard somewhere, kind of late at night. And uh, that's that's a pretty cool sight. Like, how often is a, is a song on an album recorded outside in, in a yard? Yeah, you know? for sure. First of all, in a, in a house is already cool, and, and they knew they were yeah. doing something cool that with that. But to take it outside shows, again, that they're just willing to try it all. And, 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 and uh uh, that song is goofy, and I think it's like the exclamation point on the record to go like, yeah, okay, we showed that we can get a little deeper, but we don't want you to forget that we're also just silly fucks. Goofy, so, yeah. yeah. Also, I, don't, I think I'm going to have to definitely put some in the Notes McGoat's swear jar. Uh, oh, I've no, heard, you're good, man. I've yes! Heard, I love it, though. I've been trying to watch it, but I keep catching myself. Oh, <laughs> dude, don't. No, yeah. Oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> but uh, I'll get the goat sound effect. Um, yes, you will. Yeah. You've been <laughs> but yeah i think that's just yeah that's a it's it's a what the fuck track and i just think i think yeah. that's kind of the intention so i i don't hate on it but uh if we're going to talk about my least favorite track like you were saying i don't think i have one i think if anything it would have to be i'd have to agree with uh brandon that uh i could have lied a bit of a sleeper there i guess there's like some moody moments on this record but that one is yeah it's it's real slow i, I don't know if it's the placement or what but it, it, mm-hmm. it, it, i could see it taking some people out of this record a bit for sure but then it gets you right back into it, you know, coming out of it. You're just, yeah, so I agree. I agree. Back, you're back in it. So, yeah, I appreciate every song on this record. Like yeah. uh, Steve was alluding to, uh, yeah, I have, I kind of have some uh, a relationship with all of them. So, yeah, that's why I threw it at you. Cause I had no idea what's going on there. I was just like, I have, I'm like looking at it. I, 
literally stopped and I was like, I was, I was, I was, were you staring at your Spotify, Steve? Oh, dude, I was staring at my mirror, like my, because I I work, I was on my computer. I'm like, what the hell? And I'm like listening to it and I was like, stop the track, make sure I was listening to the right album still, because that happens sometimes. I like listen to an album and I just jumped on a track and I'm like, this isn't the same one. I pulled it back up and I'm like, I went to, I went to like the online to make sure it was on the track listing. I was just like, yep, that's supposed to be there. Yeah. Listen to it again. I still didn't get it, and I was like, "All right, third time's a charm. Let's see." And yeah, I guess I listened to it three times, so it kind of worked out. Maybe yeah, it kind of got that "what the hell" moment for everybody there. there but I, again, it's probably what they were trying to do. They're trying to get that out of there, everybody. So yeah, uh, yep. I'll start off with my deep cut, and then sure. we can kind of go from there. So my deep cut was uh, "Funky Monks." I oh. think it's 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 such a weird. The whole album is weird, but this one, it's. It's laid back, but the bass, the bass track is so mm-hmm. heavy. And it's so it just sets the tone for that entire song. Uh Kiedis, he doesn't try too hard to change styles. He sticks to kind of that blues rocky feel. Like he kind of gets more more in the blues side of it, even than funk. It's just there. Yeah. But the musical breakdown in the middle of this track with Fushanti and Flea just kind of going after each other was just amazing. Like I loved that. And it makes the the band and I love I loved every single part of this of this album when Kiedis kind of set the nerve and stepped back and that could have been Rick Rubin that was making that happen and just saying nope let them let them do their thing because Flea and Frusconti and Chad Smith are just they're, they're amazing musicians and like the things they were able to lay down there are just awesome and I I could have actually used the greeting song as well that was my other one that was like one A one B with these two it was like the same mm-hmm. thing though the greeting song and Funky Monks were kind of the same vibe for me I loved them both. <laughs> So, Brandon, you want to go on your deep cut, and then we'll sure. let, we'll let Jared take the take the stage. Yeah. So my deep cut was yeah, Funky Monks, um, mainly because yeah, yeah, basically because my first interpretation of the band as a whole was more of the alternative rock than like the funk vibe. So when Funky Monks came out, I was like, no shit, look what these guys can do, and it's it's just one of those tracks where. To somebody like me who this was their first dive into you might not really think that chili peppers would do something like this so that's and then that's why it's a deep cut because it's you know something that nobody might not realize so for me yeah it was it was funky monks and that just i'm man stick some funk in my ears and i'm good to go man so mm-hmm I was I was down with this whole album really so it, yeah I think every almost every song on this record that's not a single kind of has like a deep cut feel because it's so yeah. eclectic and so different and like you were saying like every song kind of has a little bit of oh I guess I didn't know they would they would do that or they'd go there or they could do that uh, and mm-hmm. I think that's what's really cool about this record uh for me deep cut I, maybe a tie here uh the the hook like the chorus hook for mellowship like the good god i fucking love that that is i can't help but sing along with that but i think really the one for me the the number one deep cut choice for me would be the opening track like i don't know if if i don't think a lot of people talk about that track as far as i know uh power of equality and it's just this cool like uh for the rest of the record kind of being like uh more like related to like a anthony himself you know he's more talking about himself and his own sex and his own swag and his own sadness or whatever this track is like kind of like this anti-racism like 
pro equality piece that's kind of just saying like he appreciates you know uh diversity and it's like this cool way to like go like yeah we're chili peppers again and we have fun but also like if you're gonna listen to this record we're gonna open it up with a little bit of like telling you a little bit about more about who we are like mm-hmm. and, right. and just it just shows another side they, they they were willing to use their platform for good and that's super dope and like i've been spinning this record a lot lately because that track is just like it feels good right now to hear something like that you know mm-hmm. um we could use artists putting out more tracks like that right now you know and it's like this track that makes like it takes on a serious issue but like it's also like a super fun track and that's like hard to do, like without being sure. like cheesy or campy or seem like you're, you know, um, maybe not totally genuine or whatever. But uh, I think this is a cool track that really like does like a social justice issue, like justice mm-hmm. in a fun way. It's yeah. dope. It's so dope. Yeah, I was I'm actually bringing that one up in my final thoughts because I was I was one of the ones that like it it hits a little differently now, even though in the yeah. early 90s there was especially in in LA where they were at there's a lot of there was a lot of stuff going on um so like but it hits even differently that you would think about it now and then being a fun loving band you're kind of like whoa like they hit deep like hit you right in the mouth to start and then mm-hmm. now like the first time i had i had listened to this album and it'd been years and i pulled that up and i was just like that's not what i was expecting like the very first song but then, like you said, it, it, this time, like the world we're in now, it hits it hits even differently than what it did there. So I guess I go, I'll go to my finals and we can kind of go around the room here. I, as much as I kind of hate on the Chili Peppers, as I do, I definitely hate on the Chili Peppers, mostly just on Anthony Kiedis because his voice, because of I'm it's because of California Kitchen, gets yeah. in my ear and it never leaves, and it's just like <laughs> I can I can. I love Flea. I love, I love, I love the band just because of what they can do. Mm-hmm. And Anthony just gets on me sometimes. Um, his, his stuff out to the public hasn't helped. And I've ragged him a few times on this pod, but I can appreciate this album for when it was released and what they did. Like yeah. being number 19 out of a hundred in the, in the nineties is, is a goal in itself. But this, this is different than you would have heard than you hear now there's nothing that's like this not there's another album been put out that's exactly like this one mm-hmm. they it's an art piece this is an art piece album yes where 100%. they they did and then even with the documentary they they recorded like 25 26 tracks all together they only released 17 of them on this album they put the two hendrix covers out later a couple other ones came out in some movies but mm-hmm. they recorded a bunch of stuff over 30 days and do an album like this in 30 days takes planning but it takes like you have to be right in step with each other so to have this album be 30 years old have some tracks that if anybody hears you know give it away or under the bridge off the bat yup that's a chili pepper song that's i know who that is my kids know who that is and they're born in the 2000s you know right. so they they know who this band is and they're they're little the try i think it's a great representation of what the 90s was. <laughs> like the incoming of the 90s and like what the 90s was because you listen to five tracks in this album and all five of them are different are a different genre. And because the nineties had no idea what the hell was cool until the nineties were over. And because you just couldn't figure it out. It, it changed every other, every other minute it seemed like, and that's what this album kind of does too, but it encapsulates all of that. And if you haven't, I'm going to say it one more time. If you haven't checked the Hendrix covers out, they are amazing. The two Hendrix covers that they did are awesome. Um, but 
I'll go with that. And then my rating on this one, I gave it a seven, guys. Seven out of ten. Um, nice. Stands the test of time. It holds up 30 years later. And like I say, I agree with, with uh, Jared. It, it will hold up in, you know, another 30 years. Brandon, you want to go next or you yeah, want Jared to go next? Yeah, I'll go next. So overall, this was this was a fun album from top to bottom. Even with I could have lied. It was, I mean, it is what it is. It was fine. But I really enjoyed it. That didn't deter me much. And I like the funk vibe of it, just being a funk guy myself. This definitely, if you don't know who the Chili Peppers are, obviously we all do, but if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know who the Chili Peppers are, this might be a good album to start with. Um, Just to kind of get your feet wet with them and then venture off into their other 10 that they've got. So that's kind of where I land on this one. I am giving it an 8 out of 10. So that's where, yeah. So Jer, where, where, what are your final thoughts on this one, man? Um, I think one thing I'd like to emphasize kind of is uh, the relationship between, I mean, just the sheer skill and talent and, and uh, the, the contribution of Rick Rubin is what I'm getting at on, to this album, I think is, is huge. And, you know, like I was saying, uh, the guys really got focused come, come, come the time of this record, I would say, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit cleaned up, you know, getting a little more melodic, a little more deep, showing a little bit more uh, depth. I think a lot of that's Rick Rubin. You know, Rick Rubin is known for working with such a range of artists. And I yeah. think uh, just his open mindedness uh, complement, uh, you know, complemented theirs in such a way that, you know, we ended up with this uh I guess I, I guess I could say masterpiece for sure. Um, mm-hmm. This is I mean this is a great. This is definitely one of the best records of all time, if you ask me. Um, you know, in modern uh, history, I guess whatever. Because uh, I'm really good with words. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but um, yeah, I think Rick. You know, after this, you know, they ended up working with Rick for I think five more records. You know, and really cemented their place in rock and roll history with Rick. Um, and so many bands have also done that not even bands you know also rappers whatever but uh so i think my final thought is rick rubin's a badass you know there you go agreed i think he had a lot to do with the vision here and the execution and he's dope man this this record's just it's just so much depth so much range and uh yeah i think like uh brandon was saying this is the chili peppers chili peppers album for sure this is the one i think to check out if you really want to see what these boys can do yep Mm-hmm. Agreed. They that's it's a, it's an amazing piece just going straight forward. And yeah, I a hundred percent agree. Rick Rubin is a, he's a, he's a wizard, man. The things that he's done across genres of music to do this. And I think he's probably one of the main reasons that Anthony Kiedis actually got clean for good. Um, because he wouldn't work with him unless he was clean. Um, right. he was, that was one of, that was one of Rick Rubin's stipulations. Like we're not doing the drug stuff anymore. Like if you want to work with me, it's going to take some work and, so I think that's one of the main pushes that got Anthony Kiedis actually clean, which is thank you for that because it's probably one of the reasons he's still here. Because if not, he was on a downward spiral pretty far there. So, but yeah, no, Rick Rubin's a, a wizard for sure. So what what did you give? What was the rating for you out of ten? Are you going are you going straight chalk? Oh sure. I mean, I don't know if I can say ten out of ten. Um, I I think that uh, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go nine out of ten for on this one. Hey, just to not that's... seem like a, you know, a, a cut. <laughs> that's okay. Do it, man. I was yeah, like, he's going to go, he's going to go, I can't go 10, but I can go 9.9. 9. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. I'll go uh, 9. Yeah, all right. Nice. Sounds good. So 
the kids already know about us. They're going to, we'll give our social medias out in a second here, but Jared, where can people find you? What do you got coming up? You got anything happening? Uh, yeah. So yeah, I've got like, uh, so this, this new project of mine, I've, I've been working on, uh, a lot of people know me from brother Adams, but this, uh, this project just, I'm just going by Jared. It's releasing some solo stuff. Uh, like, kind of like I was saying, it's just birthed out of having some extra time, uh, with, with the shutdowns and stuff and not playing live music. Um, I've been putting out a lot of sing, a lot of singles, just dropping, you know, like just catching vibes, really. I'm just mm-hmm. feeling a certain way and, or I get inspired by whatever. And I just want to quick, like capture that. So I'm not overthinking things. But, uh, and I feel like I'm getting some like real genuine me out of that. Like it's not, and, and that's, it's not all like necessarily super deep or anything, but it's like real genuine and raw and honest. And it's just like, go. it's just like, like shades, it. shades of who I am. And I love that. Like, it, it's just un, not over-processed as far as thought. I'm not trying to like, you know, I don't have a, a huge vision per se of for what I want things to be or like w- what I'm trying to aim for. Besides that, I want it to be fun and I want it to like, not feel like work because uh you know through this whole this whole shutdown i've you know not been able to do like all the grinding with the band that i'm used to doing so it's kind of mm-hmm. taught me like to appreciate stepping back from things a little bit and 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 um you know just kind of get my priorities right and, and sometimes i just want to have fun with with my music and, and that's really what this this project's about um I, like i released all those singles i have a couple more singles coming out the, the song that I think everybody should go check out that I'll, I'll, I'll shout out specifically uh, with 420 coming up. I don't know exactly when this comes out. 420 is coming up. I'm an avid smoker. There you um, go. It's, it's legal in Michigan. And I, I, wrote yeah. this, I wrote this fun song with my sister called Lunch Break. It's about um, just getting high on your lunch break. It's a highly relatable track. <laughs> I think people in the service industry, in the service industry, especially will be able to appreciate like the music video. It's, it's, it's just fun vibes. And, and my sister, she, honestly, I had never rapped before. It's something her and I have talked about and joked about for a long time. I've been in music for years, but, uh, y- you know, she, she actually, what happened is she said the first couple of lines of the song, just like in a sentence to me like when we picked her up from work one night to like smoke some weed. And, and I was like, that sounds like lyrics. Uh, she said like, uh, so I was listening to Lizzo and I was dancing around the deli and I was like, that kind of sounds like there's like a flow to that. There's something there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Listening to Lizzo dancer. I was like, okay, I can, t- I can spin that. And so I just kind of finished writing the song from her perspective, like uh, you know, and kind of like what we do and we just pick her up to smoke some weed and it's just like a real simple fun track. And I think it's a good round for 420 and it's kind of in the vein of like, a because I got high or something like that. It's just a good natured, fun smoking anthem, you know, that I think oh. a lot of people can relate to and just giggle to. And it's a party track, you know? Yeah. Well, because I got high was the, was the, you know, number two one hit wonder for us. So it kind of worked out. It oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it got beat, maybe got back, beat it, but I mean, it was close. Yeah. Really? Wow. Okay. It, yeah. Yeah. We got down to six, 64 one hit wonders and the last two were baby got back and because I got high for some odd reason, I don't know how it's worked out, but um, that's awesome though. I'm, I'm happy to hear about that. And we're going to, we're going to record another video, if you, another uh, pod here. If you guys are checking this out, uh, there should be another one coming out here very shortly, or maybe it came out prior to this just about local music and some things that are going on with, with Jer and things around the, the Grand Rapids area. Um, and just kind of putting some things out there, but where can our fans find you, Jer? Um, I would just, you know, it's, it's at brother Jer at brother Jer on um, Instagram at brother Jer on Facebook. Uh, so and and we'll share all that in our show notes for you too. 
Sure. Yeah. And those are probably the best places to find me. You know, I'm uh, like you were saying, I, I don't know if I would say that I'm a photographer per se, but I've been really getting into like taking some photos and just kind of having fun with that. And so I definitely share a lot of photos that me and my family take uh, and stuff like that. And me and my wife go out and do little photo shoots like teenagers, you know, and uh, that's kind of fun, you know, so yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, there's, there's some fun content on there and I'm always putting, like, I'm really into creating content right now. Like, like we were kind of getting at, I, I've been dabbing a lot. So get on that Instagram and you'll find lots of fun stuff, I think. Oh yeah. All right. And Brian, where can the kids find us? You guys can find us on Instagram and Twitter at notes, my goats pod. You can find us on Facebook, search the notes, my goats podcast, check out our lovely pal, Nate chomping on a record. Uh, I'll just, Thanks to Carl Sobel, Grand Rapids Comedian, for putting that logo together. That's sweet. You can email us at the Notes of Ghost Podcast at gmail.com. Guys, you can find us on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Pandora. So those are the four big main hitters that we got going on right now. So check us there. Give us ratings, reviews, all that fun stuff. Uh, Steve, fun fact for you as we end this. I checked at the time of recording. What was it? What today is it? March 23rd. So a few days ago, I checked the rankings. We were listed number 173 in Canada. So <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're huge in Canada. We're huge in Canada. It's probably because oh, yeah. of my last name. Let's be honest. So more than likely. <laughs> and because I've you been make fun of he- Michael Bublé. So I do. And well, yeah, I make fun of a lot of people. So it kind of works out. That's true. So It'll- we gotta be huge in Japan one of these days. I'm already huge in Japan. Let's just be honest. Me too. So yeah, it works okay. out. Okay. <laughs> all right. Oh gosh. The rails at the end. So that's works out. We didn't bunny trail all this time. You know what? We I feel. Didn't. I feel like it's okay. Yeah. So guys, that's been our show today. We did blood sugar sex magic with Jer Ooh. Red Hot Chili Peppers. It was awesome. Check out the album. Check out Jer's stuff. Check out our stuff. Uh, I will second his photography, even though he says he doesn't play it up very much. It is pretty awesome. Check that stuff out. Oh my goodness! I think you guys will. <laughs> I think you guys will have some fun with it, um, and just kind of go from there. But keep an eye out for his stuff coming out soon, and hopefully we can get back to live shows at one point. Hopefully soon. Yeah. yeah. Live concerts. Oh, 100%. So keep a look at that, guys. We will see you soon. Have a good day. <laughs>